0: This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Just About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. I'm your host, Bev Jones, and I'm delighted to say that today we have one of our most frequent and popular guests, Carrie Hannon. Carrie is the author of numerous books, and she's an expert on careers, entrepreneurship, finance, and retirement. Today, we'll focus on her new book, Great Pajama Jobs, Your Complete Guide to Working from Home. We'll talk about current trends related to telecommuting, and Carrie will offer tips about how you can succeed as a remote worker. Carrie, it is great to have you back once again, and uh, I'm I'm very excited to have a chance to talk with you. You're so busy; it's hard to catch up with you sometimes. So, thanks for being here today. Well, I'm delighted. Thanks for the invitation. Well, of course, I'm particularly excited because I think you have the the job of uh the job uh, star of the year when it comes to books. You have the ultimate job for t- book for 2020, and that is Great Pajama Jobs, a new book just coming out. Can you give us a, a quick overview about how you started writing this book and then how everything changed as you were finishing it so that it's more important than ever? Oh, absolutely. Bev, I, you know, I started this
1: book um, Uh, You know, last early fall, I suppose, I started really digging into it and maybe even started it a little before that, just based on what I was seeing, you know, from the work I do, you know, the number of people who were working working from home or working remotely. And I myself am a remote worker and a big fan of it, but it had become a global trend. And it was really, I saw the momentum, you know, really starting to flow up more and more people and younger workers saying, Hey, you know, when they interviewed for jobs, they're saying, I want to have flexibility in when and where I work and particularly where I work. So I saw this happening and, and was talking to some really smart people about it got the book, started working on it. And just as I was, you know, hitting the button to send it to my publisher, John Wiley and Sons, in March, everything went haywire, you know, it was everybody went home. So, you know, it was like working, working from home was was the di- name, you know, it was the dish of the day. And um, so luckily, I was able to open up my files and jump right back in nothing had been uh, been sent off to any printer yet. So and I was able to really revisit this idea of working from home and how to be a successful um, employee and also a successful manager of people who are working, teams of people working remotely. And, and I tell you, it was really an exciting time because everyone was fearful or apprehensive about how this was going to work. And I really found that the the advice I'm able to give in this book really is applicable to so many different kinds of work and moving forward, you know, it's as if the genie's out of the bottle, even as people start to go back into offices again slowly, you're not gonna the the,
0: the movement forward with working remotely is here to stay. So the book is sort of a, a guide to how to effectively build a career while you're telecommuting. How you know you have a lot of tips about how to be an excellent um, professional while you're working remotely, but you also have a lot of examples of, uh, of jobs that are good remote jobs. What, what are some of the kinds of jobs that you found when you were looking, say before the pandemic began, what were some of the jobs you were seeing and, and what do you think are going to be some of the jobs in the future that work so well remotely? Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, what I did with this book, Bev, is I divided it into three sections. And so the first section of the book is really great remote jobs. And I looked at a real smorgasbord of jobs that were, you know, At that that time and still today, and there's more and more falling into this category, but I really took a look at these snapshots of, you know, the nitty gritty of doing these jobs, what the pay ranges were, and what kind of qualifications you would need to do them. So the idea there was to get people thinking about, okay, you know, I really want more flexibility in my work life, whether I'm an older worker and I'm thinking of phasing into retirement or working part-time, or whether I'm a younger worker and I really want this opportunity to travel, live other places and work wherever I am. And again, that's all shifting a bit. But so the kinds of jobs in this first section are, well, really, you know, across so many areas, of course, healthcare, it was huge, you know, and those are, you know, it's the still the fastest growing segment of jobs, uh, no matter how you slice or dice it. So yes, today, certainly telemedicine, we're seeing a lot there, but it could be medical coders or um, all kinds of medical transcriptionist or, you know, all kinds of ways that you get into the medical field. But there are things, jobs like graphic artist or architect or um, writer is always a good one, isn't it? And um, you could be um, a career coach as well. And you could be, um, you know, a financial planner, an accountant. You know, it really hits on lots of different areas. If you like, You know, a variety of things from being even a virtual assistant is a position that so many people like customer service has always been kind of tried and true in this arena and continues to be. So if you can be uh, a tech helpful person, uh, you know, uh, sort of a tech aid, tech customer service uh, is always big. But there's new, you know, there's all kinds of ways that coders or digital jobs are big in this arena as well. So you can go from the creative jobs to really nitty gritty financial jobs, to ones that are more service oriented. So I think that was a lot of fun to take a look at what, yeah, what can I really do remotely? And what do I actually need to be in an office for? And, and truthfully, The reality here is to be perfectly honest, most of these great work from home or remote jobs are jobs that are that sort of demand more education, they're more white collar jobs. Um, so it is, it's, there's a bit of segmentation there. You're not going to find these frontline worker jobs out there, you know, retail workers or, you know, travel, um, a lot of the travel area jobs, anything that, that really does require you to be face to face with somebody is going to be not one, uh, that is going to necessarily fall out or fall into this category. Certainly, uh, healthcare providers like a nurse, you can have, you know, online medical, um, Uh, help. But it's a lot of those jobs really are hands on. So uh, I find there is an economic divide too, because a lot of you'll find women or minorities working in jobs that don't have this opportunity. So I do need to give that caveat. The second half of my book really looks at great employers. And I leaned on a very wonderful source and a woman I I think very highly of, uh, Sarah Sutton, who started a company called FlexJobs.com and also Remote.co. And FlexJobs is an online job board that is all about remote working. And it can be part-time, full-time, you know, all these different ways into it. But Sarah really carved out a nice niche there. And she was kind enough to provide me her list, what they've done at FlexJobs, of the 100 top employers that really get it, that really understand what remote work's all about, and they have the systems in place. So I culled from her list 40 top employers and sort of gave snapshots of those. And the last section is one, uh, I Carrie's a great remote Workshop and I talk about all kinds of different ways of how to land a remote job, but also how to succeed as a remote worker. And I I will add
0: here, Bev, that I actually tapped on you for a little advice there. Yes, we did talk about networking. Well, let's get into a bit about how you how you can get a remote job, and uh, then some of the challenges and how you can succeed. First, you mentioned um, these tend to be jobs for uh, that requires some education, I've noticed a lot of activity lately. Uh, Microsoft um, is creating scholarships for quite inexpensive certificate training programs. And uh, Google has all kinds of certificates and lots of universities are providing online certificates so that people can build skills, whether it's coding or things that are quite different. Is that part of the process now for finding a remote job? And uh, do you notice uh, the certificates being very helpful for people who are looking for work?
1: You know, today it is huge. It is absolutely huge, and it's so exciting because there's so much available online now that you can take these courses. You can ramp up in different skills area areas that you have not, you know, that you may not have in your wheelhouse right now. Um, like you mentioned, there's some wonderful opportunities. LinkedIn Learning has some wonderful uh, programs right now, and in fact, there's a if you go to LinkedIn Learning, there's uh, they have the specific the hottest remote jobs and the skills you need for them, and then they have courses aligned to help you get those skills. Um, and then there's you know your straightforward ones that hey you know I want to. Be a financial planner, or what have you? That you can. How do I do that virtually online? That's a lot more uh, dedication to that. But it is a time to look now. If you get a certificate in marketing or public relations, does that mean you're going to get a job in that area? No. It, but it, what it means is that you do have that skill now that you can apply for a job and say, "Hey, you know, in fact, I do have this." What gets you the job is really having experience doing these kinds of things, but it certainly gives you the leg in, the step into the marketplace. You may need to do some um, and it's depending on your age, you know you may need to do some an internship of some kind, some uh, apprentice work, some even some pro bono work to kind of so you have some examples of the kind of work that you've been able to do by executing these new skills that you have your certificate for because it's always about showing not telling right and so that's really a big part of it but i do you know education is your ticket in and now and it, but read those job postings what are they actually looking for what skills do you already have you're going to find you have a lot of the skills that are necessary But um, if you don't have them, by all means, go and find out how you can get them and get them affordably. You don't have to
0: go get a master's degree. So you can um, take the certificate route. And as you said, there are many, many ways to do it. But I also liked um, uh, your suggestion that you can get some experience. You can use some of the skills you're developing through volunteer work. There are all kinds of organizations that might put you to work. And there are a variety of sites online where you can uh, find uh, volunteer gigs that can use your skills. So I guess part of the job search and um, uh, retrieval process is demonstrating that you can work remotely to get your education and you can re- uh, go remotely to get your experience, right? So you're sort of building your case. Um, by demonstrating yeah, and, and the
1: facility. Exactly. And, and if you've been working from home already uh, for an employer, and now you're thinking this is a time, and many uh, workers I've talked to have to say that this might be a good time to think about a career transition, actually. And... Um, but you can say, hey, you know, they may say, oh, you don't have any remote working experience. How do I know? It all comes down to trust, right? Employers want to know that you're actually going to do the job, right? But you can say, hey, in fact, I do have remote working experience. I've been doing it since March, you know, um, and you can prove it. You can say, I've done this project. I've completed this ahead of time. I've worked with teams this way. I know how to work on. And this is important, Bev, as you know. It's There's all those communication tools that we learn to use when we're working remotely. You've got to be skilled and adept at communicating virtually. And these are things that, yeah, we, you know, younger workers may have been able to get up to speed quicker on some of this, but older workers across the board have had to learn how to, you know, set up a Zoom meeting, how to, you know, work on Slack or whatever it might be. They've had to get adept
0: and learn the, the new ways of communicating. So- I know you are very um, uh, on top of the challenges that some older workers are facing. Are you saying that there may actually be opportunities here that if older workers are willing to get the skills, um, they've got a shot at, uh, at getting the jobs?
1: Well, I think this is important for older workers to consider and really make themselves, if they if they want to continue in the workforce. I think we're going to see a lot of pushback of older workers, uh, even if you have not lost your job in, in the pandemic, which many many people have, and especially older workers. Um, but if you are concerned that you may uh, not be invited uh, back to the workplace because there's health care concerns, both by the employer and your own concerns. Um, you may really need to, you know, do some spiff and polish here and make yourself a super desirable remote worker because it, it offers, I think, an amazing amount of flexibility and opportunity. If you can shine as a remote worker, because yes, you can stay in the workforce. You may very well be able to make a career transition to do the kind of work you've always wanted to do anyway, and you make that shift to, you know, redeploy as I always say your your existing skills into a new field. But doing it remotely, this could be your time to really uh, prove that you can be—you um, can still earn an income, and you can do it from your home, and you—you you know how to get it done and not uh, get sort of um, pushed out of the way. As I see, can be a real concern for older workers moving forward. Until we we figure out a vaccine or whatever it might be, I think working from home may be the future. At least for
0: the next uh, foreseeable future for older workers. So, we've talked a bit about how the trend is just tremendously going in the direction of remote work, and that's a change that's going to happen even or continue even after the pandemic. And uh, we've talked a bit about how you um, can get jobs by developing the skills and demonstrating your ability to work remotely and do the work. But let's talk a bit about. the challenges of succeeding at remote uh, work—it's—it's it's got its own challenges, doesn't it? Working by yourself and um, at home on your couch, maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, no kitty. Now I've been
1: doing this. Of, uh, I've been doing this.
0: Yeah, I was thinking uh, of the photo on the on your um, uh, cover of your book. <laughs> uh, tell people what the your book looks like. I love it.
1: Well, on the cover is uh, I'm sitting there and, and truly am in my pajamas. And my lovely yellow Labrador retriever, Zena, is curled up next to me. And I have my laptop. And this is a typical Sunday morning for me. I'm not kidding. I work every day. So that's what you do when you're a remote worker. Sometimes, if that's what you choose to do, I do. But um, so that's a typical scene for me. I'll be sitting on the couch, but I move around. Sometimes I work at a desk. Sometimes I work on the on the front porch. Sometimes, you know, I I just wherever my laptop goes, I go. But um, the point is, not everyone bev is hardwired to be a remote worker. So this, you have to do that. You know, inner soul searching about am I an introvert or, or am I an extrovert? Do I really feed off of the energy of other people of actually being around other people? And again, I think for a younger worker, it's really important to have that in-office experience, if you can have it, depending on where we're moving with this, because that's where you build a lot of great friendships that last a lifetime and a network that lasts a lifetime. That's where you get loyalty for a company. And that's where you um, really uh, build a lot of your skills. Is So I don't think remote work is the answer for everyone. But in, in a, often there's several people. So first, you might need that communication with others. So you've got to find a way to work around that. How can you make that work for you if you're somebody who really does love that interaction? There's the issues of drawing boundaries. I mean, my goodness, if if you can't, you know, between work and family and uh, hobbies or whatever it might be, it's really difficult when you work. It takes a tremendous amount of discipline when you work remotely in a home office um, in order to say, these are my working hours. Everyone, you know, and right now a lot of families are home together, so you've got kids running around and they need to do their homework and it can be a bit chaotic. So trying to find quiet space to work, setting your boundaries with your employer and with your family and friends, it requires um, the discipline of knowing when to push away and to take care of yourself. Self-care is critical. I often, you know, I've been doing this a long time, but even now I'll forget to eat or I forget to, you know, back away. You need to schedule. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have a lunch. I'm going to, you know, pull back. I'm going to call my mom. I'm going to, read something in a book, actually, imagine that, and not look at the computer, or I'm going to take a walk with my dog, something, you need to build these self-care moments into your remote working life. And I'm sure, Bev, you can add some things to that with the clients
0: that you work with. Yes, I I think that one of the things that um, this forced remote work is doing is forcing people to notice what they need out of a job, what they need out of the experience of a job. It's not just enough to have the work. Um, As you said, some people really need more than others, the human connection. They need the stimulation of other people's ideas. They need help in providing structure. They need to have a regular cadence of deadlines that other people impose. So, I think if people are thinking about remote work, one of the things is to um, to be um, pretty honest with yourself about the best parts of uh, the jobs that you've had, the best parts of working in an office environment, and then try to build some of those um, aspects into your to your work. Um, one of the things that you can do is uh, build a network of people who are similarly situated, and and if you know get together in person when that's possible, or or, or by Zoom, developing a a group of people to support you is one of the things um, that can help people get started in remote work. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely, and it's really important that you
1: do that. And even for me, and I am perfectly happy working independently, but I think pick up the darn telephone. You can't, you know, there's something about having, instead of sending a text or an email, having that voice to voice communication, it's a real high for me. I get so energized when I talk to someone actually on the phone. I almost have to rein myself in so I don't go too long. But in my neighborhood where I live in Washington, D.C., I'll often... Uh, I know a couple of other people who work remotely and we have dogs. And so um, we've been able to get together and just do just a walk around the block even. And and in, even in today's world, uh, you know, physically distanced in a way that's appropriate um, before that. And I know going forward, I used to, you know, kick and scream that I didn't want to meet somebody for coffee because I just didn't have time. I had too much work to do. But as soon as I actually did that again, I would come back. Why don't I do this more often? Because I've been so energized. So it's again, those moments of connection that really carry you through and make you the best remote worker is by picking those moments of, of contact with others. We are human beings, we are human. Nature is to connect. So um, you can't just isolate.
0: We'll be back with Bev. After this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Master's in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. The way you and I met and started talking about all these career issues together is that um, our now elderly labs are half-sisters, and we met, uh, as I hope you'll recall, in a puppy training class. And I remember we (laughs) were going for a walk with some of the students one day, and I overheard you say to somebody, you know, I'm working on a story, and I need to talk to a career coach. Anybody know a career coach? So we started (laughs) walking puppies and talking about career trends, and uh, you know, I was working remotely kind of for the just starting at that time and you'd done it for a while, but that was really important for me to be able to talk with you and walk dogs and uh, drink coffee from time to time. And um, we um, were supportive of each other. And I know it has been really helpful for me to have people like you where I could, I'm, I'm working by myself, but I need to know what's happening in the world. So like being able to connect with other people is something I structure into my remote work. And I know you do too, I think I do it more than you, maybe, because you are always on the move. Uh, but the thing, Beth,
1: that you just said is so fantastic. Is that it's these unexpected moments where you make these networking connections. And yes, we've built a really nice friendship out of our um, a f- personal friendship. I, I hope, of course, would to me it is as well as a professional uh, friendship because we met walking dogs. I mean, this is unexpected that you would meet somebody that becomes this really integral part of your life and. So I encourage people, get out and do stuff, because you never know where something's going to spark an idea. Your network, you know, I, I use this line a lot, but um, networking is, is one letter away from not working. And and because our little connection from dog walking, thing, I've been able, you've been a great resource for me. You're one of my favorite go-to experts. And and it's been really super fun. But you people can, it doesn't have to be walking dogs or, or puppy training. There are ways that you connect that, that really pulls... Your work life along, so even when you're a remote worker, these are the connections that will continue building your career, um,
0: no matter where you work. And I think you um, mentioned earlier that young people, particularly, there are benefits for them working in an office environment because that's how um, they are building contacts are going to be there for a long time. Well, what? Uh, Something you can do as a remote worker is to go back to those experiences, whether it's early job experiences or even your college friends, and keep rekindling those early ties. Uh, Use social media, use LinkedIn, use whatever media seem to work, and stay in touch with people you actually know. And I recognize that the people you've met along the way are a resource that you can always tap into. People always like hearing from people they used to know. And one of the things of survival, I think, in remote work is being conscious of all the connections you've ever had and and finding ways to hold on to them and then keep building on their circles um stay in touch with the people you know and find ways to know some of the people they can pass you along to do you, do you agree that these early connections are such a big part of building the base for your later remote career oh i think it's huge because the 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 network i built
1: in my 20s that we all help each other out today and and we're constantly uh, saying, hey, you should talk to somebody or so on. And that that just builds, builds, builds. But the other thing that occurred to me when you were talking there, Bev, is the idea, too, is if you are job-seeking right now and you're looking uh, to change careers or not or just looking for a job, use this time where we're working remotely to really build that network. And and it's a, it's a great way to do these sort of um, – uh, you know informational interviews with people through it can start with that network that you have for you know that you built in your early stages of your career and you reach back but you look and you reach out to people um through your linkedin connections who you might know that can suggest people for you to talk to who can tell you a little bit about maybe the a field that interests you or a job that interests you because people are working from home they are looking for human connection as we talked about earlier and I tell you, everyone loves to talk about their work, and you're not asking them for a job. So this is a great
0: time to start building your network through informational interviews as well. I would offer a caveat to that, uh, because a lot of the people you want to talk to are busy and stressed. Um, So if you're going to, uh, to do that, I think it's a great idea. But it starts with some homework, that if you're going to... Uh, talk to somebody and, and find out about what it's like to work in this company, what it's like to work in this field, two things you might want to do. The first thing is research what they're doing, you know, be knowledgeable about their company, have some good questions, um, uh, about the field. And, um, Uh, then find out a a little bit about them and see if there's a way that you are connected them in some way. You went to the same college or, you know, you have a mutual acquaintance or there's something uh, that brings you to uh, together, even if it's, you know, you live in the same place. So you, so as you're approaching strangers, there's often a good shot of getting feedback, but start by doing your research and then finding a way to connect and then you know have some specific questions in mind so you're not going to waste their time so you you do that yeah. it can take you a long way can't it Well, I can. And and it's
1: about a great way to do that is looking at their LinkedIn profile. And obviously, I'm hoping that you've been introduced to them by somebody and not a straight cold call. But because you look and say who knows who. But if you look at their LinkedIn profile, you can often find interests that they have or volunteer things they do. It's a little richer uh, way to look in or you could look at their other social media uh, so do a Google search on them and really get into center of the nitty gritty. Find out if they, you know, love to travel or they volunteer for, um, you know, animal uh, causes or whatever it might be. You might find if someone looked at mine, they might find she loves horses. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, they could find a way in and I could talk horses for a long time. But the point is, like you said, find a point of interest and that opens up the door. But you have to listen. This isn't a time to sell yourself. You're not marketing yourself in this situation. You're listening. And that's a really hard thing to remember. But you want to and people will hang up and they will just be so happy because they've been able to talk about themselves and
0: uh, and you've listened. <laughs> yes. And um, people um, who are also working remote are. Um, they're lonely. They're eager for um, affirmation. They're eager for people noticing um, the good job they're doing. And, and flattery is not obnoxious if it's based on an authentic respect for some, for what somebody's doing. So it's not a bad idea to know about people's achievements and acknowledge specifically what is it that you like about it and what you've learned from it. People like that. And, and- I think that's cool. And there's t- t- something that I wanted
1: to get back to, Bev, for a minute with my um, in my workshop and, and talking about being a remote worker. And we talked about some of the psychological issues that you have to pay attention to, uh, you know, working too many hours or not having your boundaries appropriate, not taking care of yourself. Another one in that self-care thing is Make sure, and yes, my cover of my book has me sitting on the couch. That's true, but you have to pay attention that you have a setup that is ergonomically correct. I mean, make sure that you have a good chair, that you have, you know, a, a stand for your computer. That you're, you're not, you know, you don't want carpal tunnel. You don't want the lighting to be wrong. Anything you can do, I know initially in the pandemic, people had their computer, their laptops on ironing boards, you know, just trying to find where can I set up a place to work that's quiet. So, this is important though, because you can really have physical issues that that come from not uh, sitting properly and working properly and having the correct equipment. So, I want to make that point to anyone who's remote working that is not to be taken lightly. And also, Cybersecurity is is critical, so you want to have on your computer the proper um, things to prevent uh, attacks. And if you work for a particular company, they're obviously going to have a proprietary software you're going to be working through. But nonetheless, I think it's really important to if you work in an apartment building or somewhere, you need to you know make sure you have uh, your Wi-Fi is private and all those things.
0: Yeah, another thing that um, I know you are always careful to point out is that some remote work is employee work and you have structure and you have the same kind of support system and guidance that you might have in an office environment. But lots of remote workers are uh, contractors, they're freelancers of some sort. And if you're thinking about that kind of remote career, maybe you have a great job and a skill set and now you want to take it and work from home and create your own little business with it you got to be businesslike with your business. Uh, you have to understand, um, you know, how to keep track of the money and how to pay your taxes and, and, and what kind of uh, structure. Do you want um, an LLC? How do you want to uh, um, run your business? It, those are kind of things to think about before you leap into being an independent worker, right? Absolutely. And I have a whole section in the book that really talks about
1: how to, you know, how to manage your own business, how to be your own boss. So that's a little, you know, that's one segment because remote working, it's everything from, um, you know, working at home for yourself to working for an employer to part-time to full-time. So it's a smorgasbord. But if you're working for yourself as a contractor, you are running your own shop here. So you have absolutely got to pay attention to saving for retirement, to pay in your quarterly taxes, you need to have a little team on board of professionals that are going to help you stay on track. There's some wonderful apps that I that I mention in the book that can help you do this uh, to help you save for retirement, which is a huge problem for contract workers uh, who just simply uh, you know feel as if they they don't have the. When your employer automatically takes money out for a retirement plan, it it really makes it much easier than when you have to do it yourself. So there's ways to. To pay attention to setting up these automatic uh, retirement savings for yourself, Um, and and really taking control, like you said, of the business structure, what your legal aspects are, if you have the proper insurance. So the FedEx man trips or somebody on your steps, do are you covered, or you know those kinds of things.
0: So, Carrie, I said um, earlier that this is maybe the career book uh, for 2020. I I really think it's a timely book. It's got lots of inspiration. It has suggestions about where to look for a job, but it also really has a lot of the nitty gritty. What does it take to be successful? Uh, What does it take to find a job? What does it take to get the job done? And how do you you structure your business? How do you structure your relationships and how you stay um, happy and healthy? So I I, I do recommend this is a terrific guide whether people are looking for the, um, the short term when uh, life doesn't f- feel normal at all, or whether they're thinking about a, uh, a shift that's going to take them for the rest of their career. Uh, it's, it's a really great book. Do you have any other uh, parting advice before, uh, <laughs> before we leave for people who are um, perhaps struggling with um, just getting their mind around a career um, that's, uh, that's going to be not at an office.
1: Yeah. I, you know, Beth, thank you. And thanks for those kind words. I am really excited about this book. I think, you know, this is our future, whether it's a hybrid work, uh, some people may go in the office for some days and be remote some days. And, and there's going to be, we're going to see lots of dancing around how this is going to work. And, There are some really important lessons to be learned in order to understand who you are as a worker, what kinds of work you really like to do, and what work is really suited to this kind of uh, endeavor of working remotely. Uh, Honestly, I think it's a huge cost savings for employers to have people working from home in terms of office space and many other things. And for employees, it's a huge cost savings as well. Yes, you have some other new costs that you may not have had before, but in fact, I think it can be quite liberating I think the the core thing here for everyone who's working remotely is trust. Trust, trust, trust. That's what it comes down to, Bab. It's whether your boss trusts you that you can get the job done. And that's up to you to show him how or her how you do that, when you do that, and just by being a stellar performer in that regard. And if you're running your own business, it's trust that your client has that you're not just... You know, stretching out a job or whatever. No, you meet your deadlines. You, you um, communicate when you say you are going to. And all of those things, you are a true professional and there's no reason it can't be done remotely as well as in the office. And a nice hybrid is maybe perfect situation for many people, but it comes down to trust. So that's an element that we all need to work on and understand how to
0: build that. That's great parting advice, Carrie, that everything depends on building trust and being trustworthy. That's what makes it all work together. Well, I wish you well with this great book. I hope um, a lot of people find it as useful as I think it's going to be. And uh, I want to thank you, Carrie, for coming back. I think you're our most frequent guest now on Jazz About Work. and I always enjoy having you here. Thank you. Well, it's, it's so much fun. Thank you. Today we've been talking with Carrie Hannon, author of Great Pajama Jobs, about how to thrive in a work from anywhere world. This podcast is produced by WUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Bev Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. Today's career tip is that people are hardwired to interact with other people. So, even if you can work from your own home, it's smart to find ways to keep broadening your network and engaging with other people. Thanks for joining us today, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends.